Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what is it you were sent to see? The Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Is it, it is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to the Father, to me, unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Let us pray. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You truly have the words of eternal life. You have called us. You have provided for us. Provide for us once more the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord that this word that you have for us may stir our hearts, equip our feet, and prepare our lives for service in your kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. First, I want to apologize. I seem to be a little tongue-tied today, so forgive me. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. It's a verse that I've seen in many homes throughout my years, framed all nicely at the bottom of a, a painting of a home, um, quilted in some stitch work, hung on the wall by a great-grandmother or so. Um, a friend of mine's home even had one of those creative memories decals plastered on the wall. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. It's, it's a verse that we hear and think of particularly to invoke a blessing on our homes, but to speak of the dedication that we have in our lives to follow God through Christ Jesus. Joshua and the people of Israel have come out of Egypt, spent their 40 years in the desert, and begun to enter the promised land. And at the end of the book of Joshua, he gathers these leaders together, and says to them, 
Remember the Lord who brought you out of this place, who's provided for you along this way. You're more than welcome to go back and serve the gods of Egypt or to serve these gods who these people here in this land devote themselves to. Choose this day for yourselves the God who you will entrust yourself to. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Martin Luther, in his large catechism, written mostly to instruct pastors, said about the first commandment, That to which your heart clings and entrusts itself is really your God. For Joshua to say this is dangerous. Because given our own devices, given the history of the people of Israel that he knew that he lived through, it's not easy to say, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. When Moses was up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments from God, what did the people do? They took all the gold and the the riches that they had taken out of Egypt, they melted them down and they forged a, a golden calf. And Aaron, the man who would become the first high priest, led them in worshiping this golden calf, this idol made out of the riches of the world. After Joshua, on to King David, one of the more famous stories about King David, when he looked and he saw Bathsheba, his neighbor's wife, he made her his God and he broke many of the commandments in succession and you're more than welcome to count with me he coveted his neighbor's wife committed adultery with her lied to Uriah to cover up the affair and when that didn't work he placed him at the front of the army to have him killed effectively stealing his wife in dishonoring the will of God He dishonored God's name. He used the name of the Lord in vain because everything that God has made in this creation is for him. Most likely dishonoring the lessons that his mother and father had taught him as he grew up. All because he had made her an idol in his life. His heart clung to her more than it did the God who had saved him from himself. Idolatry will make us do any great number of things to get what we want because we're the ones who want it. And for Joshua to tell these elders, choose for yourself this day if you're unwilling to serve the Lord, the God whom you will serve. For us, in our day, in our time, we quickly think of money. People are greedy. We look to chase that dollar to make money, currency, some type of possession in our lives, an idol. Because that will provide a safety blanket. That will provide everything that we ever need in this world to get by. Sometimes we may think of security, that safety net. Our safety is something we hold so dear that oftentimes we forego helping one another or even change our behavior 
because it's so precious to us. Or we make possessions into our gods, the new car, the new clothes, the list can go on forever with the number of things that we place on a pedestal and chase after day in and day out. Those things that we just can't live without. And every last one of us has that thing, those things in our lives, whether big or small, whether they tempt us every day or every once in a while. There are things there that oftentimes we do set up on a pedestal, even if we do take it down every once in a while. Our time, we treat time like such a precious resource. Time is money. We're burning daylight. We hoard all of our time and our energies for ourselves that sometimes it, it places us at a, in, a, in a position where we can't come to our neighbor because we just don't have the time. We chase these, these things. We chase a way of life that we try our hardest to return to sometimes because life was better the way that it used to be. And really what all of this is is to make ourselves into little gods. Our own self-preservation, our own comfort of living, our own desire for more and more and more that TV commercials, newspaper ads, radio ads tell us we deserve. That cause us to inflate our ego, our own understanding of ourselves and push the other away. Joshua tells these people that your ancestors, Terah, Abram, and Nahor, Abram is familiar to us. He later becomes Abraham. Terah is his father and Nahor his brother. These three served other gods before the Lord our God called them. And when God called to Abram, he listened. He trusted that God would provide for him and carry him safely to a place of rest and that God would be faithful to the promises he'd made. He called Abram and his family not to be content in the ways of their ancestors, but to come out of his home, that place of safety, of security, and into a wilderness where the only way you can survive is by trusting in God. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. It's, it's a hard saying. Like the disciples told Jesus, this is a hard thing for us to do. How can you say this? Notice that it doesn't say, I will trust in the Lord or I will believe that the Lord is. No, Joshua goes one step further. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Takes an obligation onto himself. It's one thing to worship God with our lips to think about God being present in our lives, but to serve the Lord builds upon the trust that we have in God. It builds upon the knowledge we have of God acting in our lives. It builds upon our faith that God has given us and causes us to live into the life that Jesus Christ invites us to. To serve the Lord is to make every action of every day and every thought 
dependent on the provision and the guidance of God and to love our neighbor or our enemy so that we would give of ourselves, our very lives, for their safety, for their protection, for their provision. Serving God takes those idols, those things that we build up for ourselves, pulls them down off of their pedestals and causes us to use them not as things for our own gain, but as resources. We own nothing in this world because everything that is good was created to be used to serve God and to serve neighbor. And we do that every day. We're doing it this morning, blessing these backpacks to go to Louisville Elementary and the supplies to go to LCAP to serve these children, equipping them to build a foundation, a foundation of education, a foundation of love, of relationships, of trust, making room for them to experience the love and the wonder of God without having to worry about where their supplies are going to come from. By donating of your time, your clothing, your furniture, your possessions to sell next month at the yard sale. You're taking those idols that we often hold in our lives, things that are so oftentimes hoarded up to give to those in need and to take the fruits of those things and put them to need, put them to use, put them to the service of the kingdom of God. Serving God by serving neighbor and keeping the things of this world in the place of a gift, of an offering of love. Were Peter alive when Joshua made this statement? Choose the God whom you will serve. He probably could have answered that question in a similar way as he did Jesus. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Words that Jesus spoke of dependence on God. Words that Jesus spoke of acceptance. Who else can lead us in the ways that you can, O Lord? Who else, dear Jesus, can give us true eternal life? Like we talked about last week, these words of Jesus give us eternal life, a whole life, a full life, a holy life. Where we don't have to worry about chasing those things that we can't take with us. Those treasures that we store up on earth. We don't have to rely on them. We get to rely on the God who has called us, who has claimed us, who loves us. Enough to give himself for us. A life lived where God, the true God, the place where our hearts cling to, the God whom we entrust our very lives to, is the same God who gives and gives and gives out of that love. A life lived where our God is someone we can truly serve 
with all of ourselves, our beings, our time and our possessions. A life living in such a way that we proclaim boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ crucified, as Paul said in his second letter to um, the second lesson today, the letter to Ephesians. A life lived proclaiming boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ crucified. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord who saves us from our sin, from death, and from the idols that we build up for ourselves. Amen.